Don't just dream about a brighter future. Go for it. If you want to pursue a career involving technology, look to a leader in technology education. ITT Technical Institute. ITT Tech offers career-focused programs in electronics technology, information technology, and drafting and design. Call 800-741-5123. You can develop knowledge and skills that you can use to pursue opportunities in a variety of career fields. ITT Tech's programs are designed to give you practical, real-world experience. Classes and day or evening courses meet just a few days each week. Career services are available for students and graduates, and financial aid is available for those who qualify. Would a career involving technology make your dreams come true? Call ITT Tech right now for more information. Call 800-741-5123. 800-741-5123. That's 800-741-5123. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Blaze and Rye. It is 2 p.m., April 28, 2011. Uh, today on the show, you know him from Spring Awakening on Broadway, and also, a little later, you know her from Legally Blonde on Broadway. It is Morgan Carr and Orfe. Here we go. Jonah Knight, 
not Jordan Knight, so, uh, you know, don't get confused by that, uh, you know, from New Kids on the Block. But um, the uh, uh, what he does, Mr. Knight, is he sings songs about the paranormal. So if it's ghosts or uh, monsters or superheroes, then he's probably got a song about it. Uh, all right, so... This song does not appear to be on the on the board yet. Looks like it was going to be. So I'll keep working on that. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance yet, be sure to listen to last night's episode with Misfit Dior. Uh, she, you'll remember her from the White Rapper Show. She was a really lovely guest uh, and just a, a really uh, great, entertaining interview. Very interesting. And, and her songs were amazing. You know, I remember that White Rapper show, and I didn't hear anything that good on that show, but that's where most people know her from. Um, you know, people also are familiar with her because her pro, uh, her uh, mentor was Proof. Um, and uh, just a very uh, talented, talented girl. Uh, so, Misfit Dior, listen to that episode. You can always download our episodes for free. On iTunes, if you search for Blazing Rye on iTunes, we will come up. And also, you can when you search for Blazing Rye on iTunes, you can listen to our episode of the Broken Leg podcast. Um, so, uh, I believe we might have our guest here. Let me check on this. All right, let's see. Morgan, is that you? That's me. Oh, we are now joined by Morgan. Gar. How are y'all doing? <laughs> Good. How are you, sir? Oh, I didn't even think I was going to make it because I literally just touched down probably 10 minutes ago and somehow am now in a car and I can talk. So it's, <laughs> it's all magic. It's You're all not magic. driving, are you? I am also driving. Haven't driven in months. Not exactly sure that I know where I'm going, but I'm going to pretend to be articulate as I talk to you right now. <laughs> okay. Um, so I understand you probably want to give a, a very special birthday shout-out today. I do. I do. I'm. My mom is turning a good, ripe, you know, you can say she's 24. You can say we're the same age. Um, I'm kidding, obviously, but... Uh, it's her birthday today, and she is not listening because she's in bridge class. But um, I'm here to surpri- I'm here to, to to surprise her on her birthday, and then uh, I got some other stuff going on while I'm here too. Okay, great. Um, so happy birthday to your mom, uh, and you. uh, I hope she has a good bridge class. Uh, I, I mean, that makes her sound probably way older than she is. Bridge class. I I know I I just realized that as I said it, but the problem is I'm not going to have much of a filter because I'm going to be talking and driving. So <laughs> I don't even know what's going to come out. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm very mm-hmm. I'm very excited to be here and um, yeah, ask me anything you want. I'm really I, okay. I love answering any question. That's sort of part of what I try to do with my fans is that I try to I I, I feel like it's an open door kind of policy and, um, you know, we're, we're all 
on a journey together, and that's part of what I do with my music is that I try to be uplifting and share part of what I think is my message of why it is I do music in the first place. And so I like inviting fans to ask anything that they want. You know, on my website, I have a fan bridge, which is my email list, has a service that allows them to ask any question they want, and I'm really good at responding. Um, it may take me a while, but I respond to everything. Well, that's great. Uh, and in speaking of questions for Morgan, if anyone has any questions, if you're registered as a guest in the chat room, be sure to log in through your Blog Talk Radio account, Facebook, or Twitter, and then you can actively engage in the chat, and I can ask the question on the air, or you can call the call-in number 917-388-4131. Okay, Morgan, so you got some uh, big projects coming up. You have a, a new EP coming out very soon, right? Yeah, May 11th. It's on iTunes and Amazon. Holler. Tell me uh, about the re- uh, recording process, who wrote the songs, what, what's going on there. Well, I wrote the songs. Um, they're all my original stuff. It's a three-song oh. EP that um, it's been, I think it's, I think that we started this nine months ago. Um, it's like birthing a baby. That's actually maybe what it feels like. Um, um, again, no filter. But it's, uh, it's been nine months. I have three producers, uh, one in New York now. So three producers, three cities, nine months, three songs. Um, and it's my first EP, and, you know, I, I grew up, I'm from Nashville originally, and I grew up um, singing, like, gospel music and backup recording stuff for, like, Christian artists growing up, which is only mm-hmm. it's interesting because I'm Jewish, but, you know, I like to think of, <laughs> I like to think of myself uh-huh. as a melting pot. Um, and I've always wanted to put my own music out there. I've been writing my whole life, but sort of got away from it for good reason because I was, you know, doing a lot of theater growing up and then I went to school for theater and um, I moved to New York to do a play. I moved to New York to do Spring Awakening. Um, mm-hmm. But ever since Spring Awakening closed, the way that I have found I needed to put myself out there was in music and was putting out my own original music. So um, this is just sort of like a a – beginning it's the end of one journey it's like the end of a process of writing and and finding the right producers and stuff like that but it's also really just the beginning of myself as the singer songwriter that I've always wanted to be and and I've always like thought of myself as being um so does, so I does that mean that you're uh putting uh Broadway kind of on the on the back burner for now or uh are you still auditioning and stuff for that well uh you can never put Broadway on the back burner because Broadway, Broadway is never really done with, with anyone. Um, you know, yeah. I can't really talk about what I'm up for right now, but there are some things in the work that would, that would have me doing theater pretty soon. Um, okay. But at the same time, my music is something that's, that's a 24-7 part of my life. Um, and it, my music will tell you everything you want to know about me. And mm-hmm. I think that you'll relate to it immediately because, you know, I write from, you know, I write from my perspective, which is someone trying to find his way in life and trying to figure out what he's meant to do and what he's meant to be. 
and I think that um, pretty much everyone can relate to that. Yeah, and so does that mean that if I were to listen to your uh, your new EP, then I would know who you're sleeping with and, you know, what time you get home at night and all, all that sort of stuff as well? Um, I would hope that you would speculate about it. I feel like there's some there's some parts of the EP that may make you, like, you know, may make you think about that, hopefully. <laughs> um, okay, so, Morgan, I'm going to break the listeners off with uh, – your song feels like home exclusively on the live feed. Won't be available later. So everyone listening live, thank you for listening live, and you will hear it right now. And if you want to hear it later, all uh, right. Holla. Yeah. Anything you want to say to set it up? No, just like bounce. It's perfect if you're driving. It's like just bounce along. <laughs> Have fun. All right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. There he is. There she is. There he is. Um. Sounds wow. great. You know, I, I always feel like hopefully, like, if just, like, one person in the world plays this EP as much as I'm playing it right now as just, like, you know, doing interviews and, you know, like, as I was figuring out, you know, there's only three songs, but it, it's important to me, like, the order in which they go, like, one, two, three, even though, you know, someone could just listen to the third song or whatever, it's like mm-hmm. I've listened to these songs so many times, and if just like one person plays this as I am, I feel like it. <laughs> right. So I, why is it important that it goes in that order to you? Uh, well, the songs, uh, the first song is I Don't Want to Be Right. Uh, the second song is Feels Like Home. And the third song is Today. And um, I think that there's just a sort of arc in terms of my life has been about um, sort of grappling with uh, adversity and um, I was made fun of a lot growing up and I, you know, it's like I I don't harp on it anymore because if you live in the past, then you don't like allow the present to be as great as it can be. But that's where I don't want to be right is, I mean, the the whole message of the song is if being wrong shows me the light, I don't want to be right. And it's sort mm-hmm. of like re- renouncing trying to be perfect because no one can be perfect. And then Feels Like Home right. is, is an absolute celebration of living that life. Um, mm-hmm. But but also you're going to run into bumps in the road, and that's part of it. And the song today is like sort of a, it, it's a testament to not – um, running away when times are hard or running away from your fears. Um, and, you know, they're all obviously written about very personal parts of my life that um, I hope that in listening to them you, you get a sense of, you know, you know what that's about. You've, you've probably okay. been there. Yeah. And did, did you always know that you wanted to sing? At what age did you figure out that this is what you wanted to do? Did I always know I wanted to sing? Well, I've always been, um, my mom says I was like, you know, the kid singing like, you know, sing-along songs in preschool, like really loudly. Um, and I've always, I, I've always been singing. That's like, that's what I've done since when I, actually, I have a, a like picture on my wall from when I was four years old and like, I guess that's preschool. 
but the, the mm-hmm. assignment was, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a blank, and then there was, like, a blank page, and I wrote that when I grow up, I want to be a singer, and I drew, well, I thought at four years old I was drawing probably a person standing at a microphone. It sort of looked uh-huh. like an abstract crayon mess, but but the sentiment <laughs> is beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I've always... I've always known I wanted to be a singer. It's just it takes it takes various forms. I love I love musical theater because I love I love theater. I love the live aspect of musical theater and the storytelling. Um, but I also love writing my own music because I can share a story in a certain way that no one else uh, can share it. What kind of way? What kind of way did you just say you can share a story in? A unique way? I don't know what I said. What did I say? I think you just said a certain way. Um, and 
I just try not to think about that. So auditioning for Spring Awakening, I just didn't think about that. I just wanted to go. It was in Chicago. They were doing an open call. So I went, um, and I ended up getting a call back, and it was like, you know, a, a long, boring story of like several callbacks later of just sort of like one, you know, there was there were times where I couldn't make them, and I felt like, oh, my God, this was the end. And then, of course, like later on down the line, I would get another call. And, um, and just the whole experience didn't become real for me until I was sitting in like my lonely studio in Harlem, on the first day of New York, like, with rehearsal the next day, knowing no one in the city, where I was like, oh, this is, okay, so this is real. Like, this is, <laughs> this is happening. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the whole show, you know, I actually, I ran into Filthy uh, Jones yesterday in the elevator, um, you know, where my agent's office is. He was rehearsing, like, on the lower floor. Um, and I haven't seen him, like, since the show, and it's like a whole flood of that show is so special and the message is so unique again. um, And the story was told in such a brilliant specific way that it touched like so many people. Um, And the fact, the fact that there are still people who even know me from that show when there are many people who don't even know that I did that show just speaks to the fact that that show was special um, on so many different levels. So, right. in, was it, in not a cheesy way, um, the show did change my life. Yeah, I would imagine, definitely. Did, uh, was it nerve-wracking having audience members, or not nerve-wracking, but was it weird having audience members sit on stage? Anything? Did anything ever happen that made you lose focus? Um, yeah, there are things that I don't even know if I'm, like, it's, like, kosher for me to say on, on like, live stuff. Um, there, there, I mean, whenever you have, I mean, think about it. There's like young people who are basically nude and there are people who come to see that. And there are people who have sick minds and there were, there were very uncomfortable moments for us as a cast as a result of people like taking advantage of the fact that you were able to sit on stage. Um, mm-hmm. and that was, that was one of the sad things of if, being a long-running show and, and it's just, like, dissolving to, like, creepsters doing weird things. But that being said, there were also, like, there were, like, beautiful moments of, like, you know, you had audience members that, like, they were a part of the show. And that was that was the whole point of us in the ensemble is, like, we were the inner voices of, like, I mean, how many times have you seen a show and you just wanted to, like, jump up out of your seat and, like, you know, yell and scream and sing along? Well, luckily, I was paid to do that, so right. that was my job. Um, that, but uh-huh. so yeah, I didn't give you the juicy stuff for the on-stage stuff, but there is juicy stuff to talk about and ponder about in in the chat rooms after this is over. <laughs> uh, let me just ask you: Did did audience members start getting naked? Um. There were uh, attempts to do inappropriate things. How's that? Fair enough. You uh, there were you mentioned there was a halting of the Sorry. show. There was police. Yeah, it was. You know, you never know. It's live theater. Live, live, live. That's, that's true. 
Um, yeah. So you me- you mentioned the uh, Apollo before. Uh, you won amateur night. That congratulations. I gotta ask, did 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 you rub the wooden leg thing that the log thing that they they have there when you came out? Oh yeah, you you have. I mean, you have to. The, like I I remember like seeing a video or or maybe I saw someone who like didn't rub the leg and they just booed them immediately and so they had them start over so that they could like yeah. you know rub the leg and you know you every, they they say like before you go out there the judge is always like you know give them a chance don't judge a book by its cover just you know give them a give them one note if you don't like that one note then you can boo them off the stage. Um, uh-huh. So that's pretty nerve-wracking. That's like, you know, but, but but my thing is is that like again, I grew up I grew up with gospel music. Um do I think I'm the most R&B-tastic person ever? No. But <laughs> R&B-tastic. Yes, yeah, quote that or something. But um, you know, some of my main musical influences are Stevie Wonder and Luther Vandross and I mean, they're they they have there are songs in their catalog that that just changed my life and changed my whole perspective on music. So um, I knew that if I thought that I could do Stevie Wonder, I mean, I think Stevie Wonder. Uh, before I was like performing all my original stuff in concerts, I was always I would always cover something of Stevie's, be it Sir Duke or Lately or for once in my life, you know, just so many songs of his. And I was like, mm-hmm. if I think I can do this justice, well, then I'm going to go to the place that's going to, like, tell me if I can do it justice. Um, right. But, you know, and again, it's like, I I figured, I mean, I thought they were going to boo me off stage. I sort of, like, prepped myself for, you know, I prepped myself for doom and then hoped that I would win them over. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it was just like, it was magical, you know, it was like they leapt to their feet and we were all dancing together to like awkward me singing Stevie Wonder. <laughs> That's interesting. So you kind of, a lot of people would not do that. You know how, uh, people will say, don't do Whitney cause nobody can do Whitney like Whitney. They would say the same thing about Stevie, but you went ahead and, and you, you just, you took the, one of the biggest risks you could have. Right. Well, once again, one of my greatest stre- uh, strengths and weaknesses um, is that I sometimes don't think things through all the way to completion. So mm-hmm. I, I try. I just don't think about that, you know. And sometimes I'll I'll make a mistake, and people will be like, "Why are you singing Lost in the Wilderness at your audition? No one should sing that song." But sometimes uh-huh. I just want to sing Lost in the Wilderness. Okay. Um, well, you know what I mean. You know one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, you know what I mean. That that song's like over. Anyways, okay. Go ahead. Next question. One of the best things I've ever seen in my life happened uh, on Showtime at the Apollo. Uh, it was back. Do you remember when Steve Harvey used to post it? Were you even born then? Um, I do remember when he hosted it. I don't know what years that is though, so I can't. I don't even know. Was I alive? Okay. Steve Harvey said, uh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Apple Seeds. So Apple Seeds, plural, it sounded like a band name or a group name or something. One woman came out in purple windbreaker pants and red sandals, and he was looking for more people because she called herself the Apple Seeds, plural. And no, no one was there, so then he goes, uh, what's your, uh, what did he say? He said, where are you from? And she said, Manhattan. And he said, and what do you do for a living? And she said, I bite my fingernails for a liver. And he said, all right, what? give it up for the apple seeds. And she went up there. She, all she did was go, dad, boo, dad. She got booed right off. It was, it was genius. Oh, that sounds so horrific. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I bite my fingernails for a liver. That sounds painful to watch. It is painful to watch people get booed off the stage. I mean, I guess as an audience yeah. member, I can understand why that was. I guess because I went through it, I'm mortified by that thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you you conquered it. No reason yeah. to be mortified now. I guess. Yeah, man. I, I still sympathize. I have sympathy. <laughs> right. Do you, what is the tradition behind that wooden log thing anyway? Do you know? Oh, I do not know at all. Really good answer. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Morgan, in uh, in uh, accordance with your uh, EP release, you're going to uh, have a concert at Joe's Pub. When's that going to be? So that's Friday the 13th. Do, 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 do. Um, but, Uh-oh. no, it's the witching hour. Um, but yeah, it's Friday the 13th at 1130 p.m. And I'm going to play everything from my EP, a lot of my original stuff. And I've got some special guests, um, Carrie Menelakis, who many people would know from like Wicked and Mamma Mia, who's also an amazing singer-songwriter. And she and I wrote a song um, for this indie film that we're going to perform together. And then uh, two of my Northwestern friends who people probably have seen like sing with me a bunch, Catherine Brookman, who was also in Hair, and Star Busby are going to be joining me to sing uh, some of my stuff as well. That and sounds great. Um, if they come, you'll get the EP for free uh, with your ticket. For, if you, like, buy a ticket and at the door, we'll hand you a code a card to uh, download the EP for free. That's a good deal. Um, where can people go to buy tickets? Just go to joespub.com. Cool. Um, yeah. Friday. Yeah, Friday the 13th. Awesome. Um, okay, Morgan, we're going to play a game. We all... Sorry? Well, I was going to say, if you're, I don't know where most of your listeners are from, but if you're in Chicago, I'm doing a release concert on uh, May 23rd, which is at Shuba's Bar. And then mm-hmm. um, Nashville is June 13th, and that's actually part of what's being finalized here. So, Wherever your listeners wow. are, there's stuff there. The Joe's Pub one, though, is actually streaming live, the whole concert, so you can watch it from wherever you exist. Wow. What site do they have to go on to do that? Um, so for that, they go to livestream.com slash Joe's Pub. That's and if awesome. you, the, the website's great. If you go there now, you can, like, scroll down to Friday the 13th, 11:30. You'll see my name, and it'll set. You can set a reminder, so it'll send you like a link, uh, so it'll remind you like where to go um, when the show starts. But the quality is amazing, 
And, um, yeah, you can watch the whole show live. That's awesome. So, livestream.com slash Joe's Pub, and go to joespub.com for tickets if you are in the New York City area. Morgan, we're going to play a game we always play on the show. It's called Hot or Hot Mess, where I give you a list of things. You tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Are you ready? I, wow, I'm so ready. Okay, go. All right, right, let's open it up. Yes, Kate All right. <laughs> so you, I don't know if you remember or not, but uh, we, you and I performed together at Broadway Sessions on the same night because I, I rapped with Kate Doyle and Michael Buchanan. Oh, my God. You're amazing. <laughs> I remember no. that. You're amazing. Wait, yeah, that, that was a good time. What did I, wait, what did I sing? Is this, uh, wait, no, I have no um, idea. I can't remember, but it was when it was still at therapy. So it was on a Tuesday. That's oh, all I remember. Oh. Um, I have no idea what I sing, but I remember you being awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Thanks, man. Hot um, mess uh, I'm glad I went on before you, though, because I wouldn't have been able to follow your voice. All right. Hot mess. Um, Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess? Oh, hot. Come on. <laughs> okay. Come on. You down with the beads? You got the beaver fever? I'm so down with the beads. Everyone has beaver fever. They're just, like, afraid to admit it. I agree. I agree. Beaver's yeah. uh, yeah. on my iPod. I'll rock out Beaver. And the guy yeah. who sits behind me at work always tries to get on me about liking Justin Beaver, but he can't really because I, I openly admit to it. Dude, I, of all, like, of all the, like, trying to be machine, teeny bop or whatever, like, dude can play guitar and he's, like, got such a great personality and I think he has real artistry. So yeah, he's hot. Holler. Next up on Hot or Hot Mess, this is Haviland Stillwell's Sarah Palin. There's a YouTube video um that was originally aired on Autostraddle.com. Um and it was edited by Reese, who's the editor in chief over there. And uh yeah, you know, we um we have all kinds of things. All kinds of things going on with Sarah Palin. Oh, geez. I mean, just for what that represents, I've got to say hot mess, even though I love me some Haviland, but that's sort of scary. <laughs> oh. So scary because of Palin, not yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just really, really creepy. That's, yeah. That's creepy. Okay. I'm scared. Fair enough. Okay. Next. You're scared. Next up, <laughs> this is Donnie Kerr's Pete Townsend. Be ready, set. Donnie, if you can't tune it, put it fucking down. Wait, what is that? Uh, or hot mess. Sorry? That's Donnie Kerr's what? Pete Townsend's from the Who impression. Oh, yeah. Mm, I'm going to have to say that was a hot mess for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, next up on Hot or Hot Mess, this is Ben Cameron's Neil Diamond. He did three encores of Sweet Caroline. I was unreal. <laughs> Wait, no, this is... Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Okay. Hot or Hot Mess. Again, I feel like it may be hot, but what it represents 
to me is a hot mess. <laughs> okay, so you uh, do not like Neil Diamond, then, is what you're saying. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I respect, but that's just, that's, it's just, that was just, a, the, the last two have been a little strange for me. I'm going to say that. I'm going to, I'm going to vote hot mess. Um, yeah, you know, I had four people on at once, one time who all like loved Neil Diamond and I just, I didn't say anything negative about him, but I'm, I'm with you on that one. Hot mess. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next up on Hot or Hot Mess, this is Charlie Alterman's Jiminy Glick impression. Yeah, well, then there's a, there, there, and there's a lot of things. Because, you know, there's a lot of range in what he says. <laughs> and, then, and, and, and sometimes. Sometimes it's condescending. And sometimes it's so sweet. And you da, 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 da. That is definitely hot. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm glad you know who that uh, impression is of. A lot of people don't remember Jiminy Glick. Oh, no, that was such a great show. <laughs> um, next up on Hot or Hot Mess, this is Leah Delaria's Ethel Merman. There's no business like show business like no business I know. There. <laughs> yes, that is hot, especially the crack on the last note. <laughs> yeah. Because that is like genuine Ethel right there. There's no business like show business like no business like no. That's what that was. <laughs> that was pretty good, too. Um, you can have that your hot or hot mess. I definitely think it's still a hot mess if I if it's me doing it, but you can add it. Well, let's, um, speaking of hot oh, messes and Ethel I, Merman. Can I actually, can I um, elect to add something to the catalog? Oh, absolutely. Please. All right, so this is my impression of Clay Aiken. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. All right, let's see. I haven't sung to it, but okay. Why don't you build me up? Buttercup, baby, just to let me down. And mess me around and then worst of all, you never call, baby, when you say you will. But I love you still, I need you more than anyone, darling. You know that I have from the start. So build me a little buttercup, don't break my heart. Yeah. That was yeah. fantastic. Thank you. Um, and uh, last up on on Hot or Hot Mess, where the hell is it? Um, this is uh, okay. So speaking of hot messes in Apple Merman, uh, this I guarantee is messier than yours. So we'll see. Uh, this is comedian Jordan Ferber. There's no business like show business. There's no business I know. Oh my God, that's like out of a horror movie. That's a hot mess. <laughs> Okay, oh and gosh. actually this, <laughs> uh, I would be remiss if I didn't do this. Last up on Hot or Hot Mess, this is from Broadway, The Christmas Carol, Jonathan DeMar's Rick Torn. And after that, he sort of says, he says, somebody owes me a martini, and the whole <laughs> table cracks up. He's like, somebody owes me a martini. I mean, that's pretty creepy, but that's hot. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the hottest. Okay, so let's close up Hot or Hot Mess. 
Um, so, uh, Morgan, you, the release date of the album is May ele- What is it? The 11th? May, May 11th. Wednesday the 11th. 11, 11. Wednesday the 11th. Okay. And you can go to iTunes and Amazon and uh, morgancard.com. Um, and your uh, show at Joe's Pub, Friday the 13th. Right. Uh-huh. Tickets at Joe's Pub um, and live stream if you're not in New York. That's awesome. And you have other shows coming up in Nashville and Chicago, you say? Yeah. Do you know uh, when the when those shows will be? Chicago, May 23rd, and Nashville, June 13th. Awesome. Well, uh, ever since... We met that night at therapy. I've been extremely impressed by your voice and uh, talent. You. So thank you. Absolutely, man. Uh, it was an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Have a great day. You too. Take care. All right. Talk to you soon. Happy Bye-bye. birthday to your mom. Uh, thank you. <laughs> okay. That was Morgan Carr. So we will um, continue in just a few moments with uh, Orfe, uh, who was in Legally Blonde. And uh, um, Saturday Night Fever. Uh, hey, Jonathan Demar, you there? Yeah, what's going on, my friend? How's how's everything going with you today? It's it's good. How are you, man? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I uh, did. Do you hear the top of the show last night about the the animal creation? The animal, I, you know, I think I missed that because I came in a little bit later. Uh, but what was going on with that? Well, let me ask you: if you were to create an animal out of all different other animals and put, like, animal parts rather, and put it together, what would you? What animal parts would you use to create your ultimate animal? <laughs> Honestly, I would just take a tiger. Why not? Just, just okay. But a tiger, what though? You can't have the whole tiger, just a part of a tiger. I, I can't have the tiger. Maybe the heart of a tiger and uh, the feet of a lion. I don't know. The heart of a tiger. Okay. Well, um, so you have the heart of a tiger. That's one part. What else can we add to it? Uh, I said the feet of a lion. <laughs> the feet of a lion. Not a bad one. Okay. Ah. Uh, and and the head of a, a chipmunk, I don't know. <laughs> now, the, the head of a chipmunk wouldn't be, I mean, so you're not really going for strength here, are you? You're going more for hilarity. No, I'm I'm going for class. <laughs> <laughs> so you, chipmunk because it's more like humans, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's more of Alvin and the chipmunks. <laughs> but I'm the stronger version of Alvin... Okay, um, and but, what kind uh, of so you what's said going on with you, line? man? How, how are things with you? <laughs> We're going to continue this. I see you changing the subject. We're going to continue this. Um, hey, how about that uh, that that Morgan Carr? Super talented. Very talented. Very talented. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I I always find it funny when you have people when you play my impression. I, I always get a kick out of it, and then. You know, for him to say it's creepy, and then I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm laughing my ass off. I mean, truly hysterical, but he's really talented, and we're lucky to have him. Very lucky to have him. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I hear lucky it's to a have dread. Him. I hear it's a dread in New York City. I, 
you guys have been having uh, crazy weather. Yeah, the weather is, um, well, it's just kind of gloomy, rainy right now. Uh, no, like, storms or anything, but it looks like uh, maybe by tonight. What, it wasn't there. There was a tornado watch in, in where you are yesterday, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Well, Atlanta had tornado watch. Luckily, we didn't get hit. Um, it was very scary because with the, 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 this type of situation, you always try to, um, you know, protect yourself. It's very impossible to tell. Luckily, I'm in a a very tall tower um, in uh, town Decatur. Um, I'm actually at Emory University. So, I mean, the tornado didn't hit exactly, uh, but I did hear Alabama really got hit, and um, that's pretty scary just to see the images from there. But, um, yeah, yeah. all in all, I think uh, it's, you know, you just pray for those people whose houses have been torn down. It's it's a very scary situation. As you know, for a New Yorker, I always get paranoid because I'm not even from the South. But I've heard of tornadoes enough where it's like, you know, I, I better take cover because you know, worse comes to worse, and be the best thing. I know. All right, Jonathan. Well, let's let's bring on our guest. Next up, we have yes. Tony nominee Orfe. <laughs> Are you there, Orfe? Is that you? Two one two. Two one two. Let's see. Two one two. Are you there? Are you with us? <laughs> huh. Wonder what's going on here. Uh, probably phone problem. Two, we'll, we'll see. Two one two. You there? Hmm. I guess. I guess not. How about Just that. Give it a few seconds. Um. Uh, well, no let's problem. see. I'm trying to. Yeah, it's no problem. We'll figure it out. Uh, Orfe, uh, let me see. Orfe, are you there? Okay, so uh, I'm I'm hitting the microphone to make sure it's on on the switchboard. It does look like somebody is waiting to talk to us. Uh, so, um, hopefully, that happens. <laughs> right, Simon. Yep. Well, that's what happens on radio. <laughs> Live radio, man. Live radio. What's uh? So what? So the weather. So Alabama is getting hit pretty hard. I saw MC Hammer tweeted, "My prayers go out to Atlanta." Earlier, I mean Alabama. Yeah, sorry. Well, Atlanta got hit hard too, especially. Uh, well, not exactly in the city, but the country part. So it's it's unfortunate, but um, yeah. You just pray that everybody's okay and uh, that. Uh, People are, you know, safe. It's it's very unfortunate, and it's kind of funny for me as a New Yorker. Oh, are we oh, again, uh, two one two, two two one two. Are you there? Hello, Orte, is that you? Hey. Hey. Uh, you have Orte okay, now. Now I can hear everybody. <laughs> oh, there you oh. are. Okay, <laughs> what is going on? Hey, what's happening? <laughs> Too much. So, uh, Orfe, uh, what are you? What are you in New York right now? Where are you? I am definitely in New York in the rainstorm, in the darkness. I am here. Oh man, it is nasty out. It is nasty. I know, and I I don't know if you've heard the thunder, but it's like you know, every once in a while you get a big like volcanic eruption of thunder. 
Uh, I haven't heard any yet, but I yeah, hear some we've gotten a few. Now that you we've got oh, a few boy. good claps since this morning. <laughs> well, um, my uh, co-host here, Jonathan, he's actually in Atlanta, and they had a t- tornado uh, watch last night, but I guess oh. it didn't didn't really hit. Wow. Yeah. Well, right, I think um, I think we're all on a tor- not a tornado watch, but we're in a really severe weather watch for a while here in New Jersey. So let's see what happens what there. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. So you're part um, of the ATL. I love the ATL. What's up? <laughs> yeah, holler. Holler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Orpe, thank you so much for coming on today. Honored to have you with us. Um, uh, thanks you, for having uh, me. So much fun. Oh, absolutely, anytime. So you, you actually, in the early stages of your music career, you said that it played out like a bad episode of Behind the Music. What, what did you mean by that? Oh, because, you know, everything that could go wrong not only did go wrong, but it was kind of in that ridiculously cliched way where, you know, the the business manager stole all the money, the record was about Ooh. to go globally huge. I mean, the the album was about to go multi-platinum. We had a five-album deal. It just, I mean, the A&R guy turned out to be, I can't even begin to, it, it, you know, we don't have enough time for me to go, <laughs> go, but if you've ever seen, if you've ever watched one episode of Behind the Music, like the most gut-wrenching, awful one that kind of made your jaw drop and you're going, no, that's not possible, and you just think those stories are, you know, kind of fictionalized, for sensationalism, trust yeah. me, you've then heard my story. <laughs> you know that uh, uh, yeah. I would say that that Leaf Garrett one was the most heart wrenching. Okay, one it, to it watch. won't ever be that. God forbid it should ever be that bad. But it, you know, it's like yeah. it's not quite MC Hammer, and it's certainly not. But you know, all of the you know crooked person number one, terrible person number two. You know, uh oh, I didn't do what I was supposed to do in certain other areas of the, you know, the casting couch thing on other ends. I mean, the whole thing was a debacle. Yeah. Um, and all that, I wanted to do uh, was actually, make records. <laughs> um, <laughs> last, last, two weeks ago or so, John Oates was on uh, Good Morning America, and he they mentioned that they did it behind the music on Hall and Oates, and there was like no dirt they could dig up on it. So it was like the most boring episode of it. But I'm glad that you're would be more exciting, I guess, or maybe I'm not glad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, it's juicy, but, you know, when you're living it, you go, and, you know, we were so young, so we kind of just didn't even, we couldn't get our heads above the quicksand. We didn't know what was happening because we didn't, you know, it's like I always say, I often, often say, you know, we didn't have our parents as managers, you know. We didn't have a, a family member taking care of us. This was, you know, a couple of kids with all these grown-ups who were in the music business, and they weren't really looking out for us. Right. Now, how old were well, you uh, when all that happened, by the way? We were barely, I think we were still in our late teens, and I think by the time the whole thing was over, we had just, you know, gotten old enough to legally order a drink, you know? Oh, <laughs> so, Wow. You know, because wow. we had an earlier record deal before the big EMI record deal, and we were really young then. And we just kind of, you know, from our late, late teens into our, you know, mid-20s, it was this fiasco that kind of never ended. You know what I mean? There was never any, you know, and I hate to sound all silly, but there was never any closure because it didn't really come to an end because then, as or and more, we produced other records and we, you know, did other people's um we arranged and produced and did stuff for other artists, and it wasn't like, you know, we weren't listed as Oren Moore, but we kind of just never, we kind of 
petered out more than saying, okay, that's it, we're broken up and it's done. You know, it just, it was just like this endless hell that never stopped. <laughs> so do you, do you keep in touch with uh, the other folks in, in the group at all? Oh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, it was not like, you know, it was never, I think there was a time, once we started working with other people, it took a different vibe, and then my partner and Oren Moore started working with another partner of mine for a group called on a group called Nobody's Angel and a group called Dakota Moon, and so I kind of phased myself out at that point, and that's when I started doing the Broadway thing. But we kind of were all still involved in songwriting and producing and things like that, so again, there was never any moment where, you know, Mike and I were like, that's it, I banish you from my life and I'm never speaking to you again, but... You know, it's not like we don't call each other up and hang out anymore, but if we run into each other, if I'm at a, you know, it's happened where Andy and I have been sitting down to eat and he he might be in the same restaurant and we'll just, you know, hook up and eat together. You know what I'm saying? There's no bad blood there, but it just went from being, you know, 24-7 to not necessarily having to be 24-7, you know. Although yeah. um, Andrew, Andrew, my second partner, that we know, that when we all worked together, Andrew and I actually are, you know, still twenty four seven best friends. So you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. I still talk to, I still talk to the A and R man who signed us, who is now probably the biggest, one of the biggest record executives on the planet Earth, who's you know faces on American Idol every week. So I speak oh. to him. You know, so I don't. You know, I, I I'm not a I'm not a bridge burner, and you know, things that go wrong in my life are not are never personal. So you know, you don't treat it as a personal problem. You treat it as a, you know, business issue, and you move on. Uh, I don't speak to the business manager that stole all my money, obviously. <laughs> right. I don't speak um, to the. You know. That's pretty wise. <laughs> yeah, because I I just kind of want to punch him in the face. But other than that, it's okay. <laughs> And by the way, this Jimmy Iovine you're referring to is the A&R person? Uh, Jimmy Iovine I know very, very well, but it's Ron Fair who now works with Jimmy Iovine. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Or, he, over he, at Interscope, yeah. It, yeah, um, it just... Yeah. So, it would have been uh, really nice if he was like, you know, quote, unquote, Ron Fair then, you know? <laughs> and then he could right. have, you know, hooked me up with Jimmy, and Jimmy could have, you know... Uh, stuck me in the lead of a really big group, and I could have been the chick singer for the Black Eyed Peas. So you know, or you, I, I, or you I could have been like, or you could have sung all of Eminem's hooks. You know, uh, I could have sung all of Eminem's hooks. I could have just, you know, been in, you know, Lady Marmalade. I'm telling you, I was born too soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm serious. Like my husband and I were talking sure. about it. it. Was so funny. He was like something. Somebody was talking about something, and somebody brought up Glee. And I, they, somebody said something, and I said, yeah, well, you know, our glee was fame, and I was too young for that, and I'm too old for this one. I said, so I'm just, I was just messed up. I was either bored way, way too early or way, way too late. I don't know which one it is, but somewhere in the middle. Oh, boy. Well, having gone through all that um, at such a young age and all these problems with your former business manager and all that stuff, what advice would you have for young musicians today? You know, I think, and and I I often speak of that because I get asked this a lot, I think the most important thing is to be, I mean, you can only know so much at a young age. You can only glean so much information when you're a kid. 
but I think the most important thing is to educate yourself about who you're surrounding yourself with. Really check them out. You know, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have Google. We didn't have, you know, LinkedIn. We didn't have any of that to look and say, oh, look, look, let's see what this person, you know, is doing, and let's see what people are saying about this person, or let's, you know, tweet about this person and see what the vibe is. You know, we didn't have that. We just kind of went on a wing and a prayer. And I think that now it's much, much more, you know, readily accessible to find out about people and see what their reputation and you know listen believe me i'm the first person who doesn't believe a thing i read on the internet but at least you know who's working with these people and who's dealing with these people and what might be the situation when you're working with them you know what i mean i think you have to have the best possible team in place and listen you can't pray that everyone's always honest but you could at least get a group together that's going to take care of you and have your best interest at heart well, unfortunately, right. if you are uh, speaking of communicating comes every once in a while. Wait, what happened? <laughs> that was stereo. No, I, what I, happened? I, I, <laughs> no, I said, unfortunately, in this business, honesty only honesty only comes every once in a while. Oh, believe that. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, so you know, speaking of commu- uh, uh, communicating via the Internet, my chat room assistant just said, I would love for Orpe to go on Glee. If Chenoweth can do it, Orpe can do it, too. Oh no, I could I, I, listen, I'm just waiting for them to ask me. It's not I I'd run in my track shoes all the way to LA. I don't care wherever they go, I'll go. Are you kidding me? Please. Uh, Matt Morrison and I had our Broadway debuts together in Footloose. I think it'd be a blast. Oh yeah. So, uh your your Broadway uh debut was Footloose or Saturday Night Fever? It, it no, my Broadway debut was Footloose. So, you know. Oh. That's okay, way so back what, in the day. <laughs> <laughs> How did that um, – so you, did you do it with uh, Ben Cameron? Uh, ben was definitely in the original Broadway cast. We were all there together. It was a really fun experience. And uh, Janine Myers and I were the two female swings, basically. We were really understudies, but they called us swings mm-hmm. because we understudied all the female lead roles. Between the two of us, we shared all of them. So, wow. you know, I, I – I kind of think we were covers, really. But since we, she did all the ensemble as well. I didn't do the ensemble track, so we were the two female covers for the entire show. Wow! So from Wouldn't from Ariel to Rusty to Wendy Joe to Betty Blast to <laughs> to all of them, that was us. That's that's quite a uh, undertaking. Well, I mean, you just had to know, you know, everybody's track is different, so you kind of got, like, you know, vertigo figuring out, well, okay, wait, this one goes where, and, and what's the choreography for here, and, and what does Rusty do here, and wait, where does Wendy Joe? Where where's your head going? It's hilarious. Sounds quite schizophrenic, as it well as vertigo. It was very schizophrenic. It was very schizophrenic. So uh, you really started to get noticed for your work as Annette in Saturday Night Fever. What did, what did that role mean to your career? Well, I mean, I, it just was, it was so surprising because I don't know that, I don't know that the Annette in London had that sort of thing happen. I, I don't know really, that's what I've been told. So I don't know, I didn't get to see it and I don't know anything about it, but I don't know that they were expecting the Annette here to have that kind of effect on the audiences, and it just was something, you know, I'm a, I'm a disco kid. I, I love that music. I love the Bee Gees, and it was just a really great environment. It was a really great cast. We were in the most beautiful theater. We all had these amazing dressing rooms. You know, Arlene Phillips is such a 
such a wonderful director, and we just had a really good time. So I think that when you're enjoying something as much as we were enjoying Saturday Night Fever, it lends itself to, uh, you know, it's more conducive to a great performance. And when it's stuff that you understand, like, you know, that kind of music really, really spoke to me. So it was easy to make a jump off, you know what I mean? So we had a great time. Right. You know, and the choreography was amazing. I mean, everything. You know, it just you know, it's that moment when lightning gets caught in a bottle, and you go, "Oh, this is just perfect." We had a really good time, and it had a great track record. So, you know, the template they brought over was already so great that we just kind of, you know, I'd like to think improved upon it. You know. Yeah, definitely. And and you met a very special person while while doing the show. Oh, right? let me think. I gotta remember that. <laughs> I did. I met I met my husband in that show and you know, it that you know, when that's what you leave off remembering, I, I can't even imagine there was a day that wasn't wonderful. So, you know. I did. I met yeah. my husband Andy Carl. That's amazing. I've read that you actually have the chance to perform together a lot. Is that a two for one type of deal when either of you gets cast in something now? It well, you know, it's not. It's it's always been a fluke. It's always been something like, Hey, by the way, wouldn't Andy be great in the role of, or, hey, wouldn't Orfe be great in the role of? I mean, I, I was the literally the last person auditioned for Legally Blonde, and Andy had been doing the workshops all along, and it never even dawned on anybody that maybe I should play his opposite. <laughs> so it's never a given. Uh, it, it just happens, It just so happens that when we do work together, people suddenly think, oh, my God, this is amazing. Their chemistry is amazing. And, you know, so we've been lucky enough to do it uh, about five times now. So. Ah, wow, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your uh, role in, in Legally Blonde. You were nominated for a Tony. Um, pretty huge show. Uh, what... Uh, what was it like playing that role in that show? You know, it was another case where you just, when you love the source material, it's really easy to try and, you know, forge your own kind of thing, you know, put your stamp on it and respect it and respect the original. You know, I respect Jennifer Coolidge so much and I love her so much that I knew out of the box, I knew that I had to, you know, be true to the original because that's what people fell in love with, but then put my own spin on it because otherwise I'd just be copying Jennifer Coolidge and you could rent the movie for a buck fifty at this point. You know what I mean? What what's right. what's gonna be different about all of us on stage that's gonna make somebody plunk down the money that it costs to go see, you know, a Broadway show nowadays. And we had a really great time. It was the first time I would have to say most of us got to work with live animals, if not all of us, and they were so great and we just it was a really fun experience we you know it was it was it was certainly physically demanding you know <laughs> lifting the dog eight times a week uh -huh. a 40 pound dog but you know we had uh. a great time and and again I got to work with my husband he played my boyfriend i mean it just it just doesn't get better than that wow that's you know i'm really curious sorry you know i'm really curious cuz um this was the first show in broadway history that they actually it was on um, national television, and also yes. at the uh, reality television show, The Find the Out Woods. I'm yes. wondering, from your point of view, and maybe people from, from the cast point of view, what did people think of that? Because that was pretty unconventional, for sure, to say the least. Well, I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't really speak for everybody else, but you know, I, I'm always, I'm first and foremost, I consider myself a business person. So, I mean, for me, it just because we were the first. 
we will always have been the first show that ever right. got broadcast on national television, you know, in, in, in its entirety, not where, you know, oh, we're now going right. to do a television version of or a movie version of. We, it was the show intact right. broadcast. So I, I find that to be really fantastic. And I think that when they decided to do to do the reality show, the producers, I think it was a really smart move because, I mean, for better or for worse, reality television has taken over the world, you know, sure. and it, it, you know, especially with places like MTV and VH1 and all those channels, you know, 10 years ago, it was videos and a couple of, you know, specials here and there. Now it's all reality, you know, so you, you gotta, you know, you can't reinvent the wheel. You have to kind of go with what's, what's hot. And I thought it was a really smart marketing move. And I don't, I don't know if it added, months to the production's run. I don't know if it's subtracted. I don't know, but I think it certainly generated an interest on a much more massive scale than people are, you know, that usually come to a Broadway show. There was suddenly a whole bunch of knowledge about the show outside of the, you know, little, right. you know, niche markets that you generally have that marketed to. Well, it seemed like a very popular in show in the sense that it had a lot of um, age range. I mean, he had a lot of you, it touched a big market there for sure. Oh, it totally did, and I just think, how could that ever not be a positive? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, was the energy in the room um, different when it was televised? Was it different than when it was uh, not on MTV? Well, I'll tell you, we had some really, really crazy, staunchly, you know, devoted audiences all the time, but that MTV taping was it was literally like being at a rock concert for the biggest artist in the world at the time. You know, it was insane. It was pandemonium. Seriously. Like you can't, they didn't take the the time to put the real applause that was going on. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of it there, but what, what they had to cut and trim would have added an hour to the show. It was pandemonium. Wow. No, no joke. I, I can't even tell you, I'm not even bragging. It was everybody's entrance, everybody's number, the end of every number, it was that audience was insane. Wow. You know, you can't you can't get it from the tele you know, the, the actual playback, but man, it was it was nuts. I mean we did it once for nothing, for nobody, and then we did it for the invited audience and boy, I it was like well, oh, it, it, oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Polar opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And Jonathan, you followed that really you followed that legally blonde really closely, didn't you? Well, no. Um, I mean, I had a well. Um, Laura Bell Bundy, funny enough, um, went to my school. She actually, we had the same acting teacher. So, I mean, it, okay. I had to see an early preview with it, and it was sort of like watching a sister, you know, go on stage because I'd heard of her, I knew about her, like since I was on Broadway. So the whole thing was kind of um, full circle, and just watching her on stage, you know, take command of that stage was just incredible. I mean, she. Gave an incredible performance, but I mean, you were incredibly funny and oh, loving you. in that role. Is that? I'm curious as an artist compared to being an actress, what the changes are there? Because it almost seemed you were playing such a powerful role, but at times you had some humorous moments. In, in Legally Blonde. Yes. It it was you know they I, I don't know. You know, again, I had to forge a really – I had to come up with a lot of stuff that, you know, wasn't necessarily there for me to grab onto. I just kind of had to 
go by the seat of my pants and you know I'm I'm a, I'm a funny girl. So, you know, they just, you know, they let me. They allowed me. Jerry Mitchell allowed me to go pretty broad with the humor, you know, and it it just luckily it worked. You know what I'm saying? And listen, you weren't coming to see, you know, the normal heart. You were coming to see right, Leslie right. Blonde and hope, you know, By the way, I, you're I, amazing. It is amazing. It's one of the best theatrical experiences I've had in my life and I saw it last week and I I can't say enough about it, but you know, that's a very different animal. But when you're coming oh, to Legally sure. Blonde, you know, no, I hope to God that yeah. people are leaving going, oh, she was funny, you know, because it was funny. It was fun. It was lighthearted. And, you know, well, you were also that's enduring, the- and I think that's what really worked with your character and worked with the show. because, And it was an early preview, I remember, and a lot of people, you know, said to me, could it, you know, it, it'll just be pink and fluffy. But there was something enduring about it, I think, which made it really stand out. Oh, well, thank you. I, I just, you know what, I really love Paulette, and I really love people like Paulette. You know what I mean? The person who's always available to to lend an ear and to lend a good bag of advice. You know what I mean? I, I just really, really enjoyed her, and I loved her as a person, and I liked absorbing a lot of the qualities of the quote-unquote Paulette. So, you know, it, it made me a kinder and gentler person. So, you know, it... It, I think it just was that symbiosis of, you know, things coming together at the right time. And I, I realized early on that the audience was really relating to her. But that is because I think, and I've said this before, but I think everybody, if they don't have a Paulette in their life, would sure like to have one. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, definitely. That, that's oh, we why. Actually have, um, we have a caller on the line uh, for you, Orfe. Um, 212, okay. your, your, uh, what's your name? Where are you checking in from? Hi, um, my name is Megan. Uh, I live in New York City. Hi, Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi, how Hi, are Megan. you doing? Um, Good. Do you have a question for Orfe? Yeah, I just wondered um, what's Orfe's like favorite character to play, um, either a character type or one of her favorite characters in the past that she's played. You know, I I loved I loved so much, and as the years go by and I play more roles, I, I keep going back to having played uh, Janis Joplin. In Love, oh, Janice, yeah. Off-Broadway. It was it was one of the most wonderful, incredible experiences of my professional life, and I found her to be so marvelous. And I, I, I actually, honestly, it sounds weird, but I miss playing her. So, you know, wow, I miss her amazing. a lot. You know, so she was, it was the, one of the best experiences, and I really just, you know, she's, Janice Joplin, like, it could not be more different from me as a human being, uh, other than the fact that we both, sang or sing and it was just she was my favorite every night that I got to play that role every night that I got to perform her songs was a blessing to me so that would have to be that's the one that immediately comes to mind okay thank you so much thanks for calling Megan thank you thank you so much bye all right um good answer uh Janet and an artist that had an influence on on you either musically or just uh her aura, the way she was. It, did I lose you guys? No, we're here. Oh, there you go. Um, I, I heard a click and I thought I lost you. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, she was a little ahead of my time and I right. didn't get to be into her until I started studying her as a character for the show. And I was, you know, hook, line, and sinker, done. You know what I mean? It, it was just, yeah. I was so, I mean, of course, I was very, very well aware of her, but, you know, I wasn't, I couldn't be a fan. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't old enough to be a fan. But she was, once I 
once I got into it and I started watching all of the footage because they would uh, supply us with every bit of footage that Janis Joplin has ever done, had ever done in her life. And I just was, I was blown away. I was riveted. And I, like I said, I, I miss her. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. Well, that, that must have been quite a, quite a role to play. Uh, I would have played that forever. Gonna... If it, it, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about what's going on with you now in a minute. First, we're going to play a game we always play on the show called Hot or Hot Mess, where I give you a list of things you tell us if they're hot or a hot mess. Are you ready? Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Let's open it up. God, who's a mess? I'm again. You. Oh, love the mess, love the mess, love the mess. Please, love the mess, love the mess, love the mess. Okay. The harmonies were in tune. <laughs> that's, just the, that's just the theme music, but you can say it if it's hot or hot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that confuses a lot of people. Um, All right. So, well, I'm glad I didn't say anything bad. <laughs> first up on hot or hot mess. Yeah, good start. This is what happened when Jonathan Damar, who's on the line, and I did uh, Ben Cameron and Selena Carvajal's podcast. You tell me if this clip is hot or a hot mess. Hey, hey, yeah. No, Domino's. Ordering Domino's. That's my worst habit. Peeing in the shower is the worst habit. Wait, you want to do the number? Oh, you have the number. Oh, memorize. Memorize. If you want to, 222000 You didn't even look at your phone. That's my neighborhood. Mine is right around the corner. Hot Probably wise. 
I'm I'll gonna have to plead. I'm gonna have to take the fifth. <laughs> okay. It's and, my right as a citizen. Um, I'm taking the fifth. <laughs> while we're on that topic, and you can opt to do the same if you'd like, Spider-Man, turn off the dark, hot or hot now. You know, we had a really good time. I saw it. Uh, I want to say, when did I see it? I saw it about two months ago. I want to say. Uh, they did have to stop the show when I was there. We did sit around staring at the hanging green lantern for about 20 minutes. But, it, you oh, know, yeah. once oh, you yeah. think, listen, when you think something's going to be a complete unadulterated train wreck the whole time and it's not, you're pleasantly surprised. I mean, we had a great time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go see it 17 times, but it, we had a good time. So you went and in And some of the numbers were no stunning. No, I had, please, I had... I just was like, oh God, I hope nobody falls on my head. Really? <laughs> is there is there a show that you would see seventeen times, or that you uh, have? No, I, I'm not a big repeat offender. The show I had to wind up seeing the most was Aida because uh, my friends kept going into it and I kept having to go see it, which is a great thing because I loved, loved, loved the show. It's my great heartbreak that I never got to play Amneris. I always admit that freely. Uh, so I did get to see that more than once. I've certainly seen Wicked more than once because Andy was just in it. So I saw him in it uh, j- just while he was in the run. I saw it three times. So I've seen that certainly more than once. But I'm not a big repeat offender. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I always so, um, find uh, after a while, you see too many times it gets crazy. I remember my mom joking, uh, jokingly saying to me when she saw Christmas Carol, which I did on Broadway, she was like, I can't sit for this. Anymore. It's been too many times. And I think she said through about 13 to 15 times, she's like, you know what, with the other parents, I can't sit for them anymore. That's so funny. Wow, that My mother did mom. that. Well, that's funny because my mother did that with Fascinating Rhythm, but the show closed after, you know, 32 performances. So after that happened, oh. she wasn't regretting it, actually. <laughs> Because she came a lot. She was like, well, now I'm glad I came so many times. So. All right. Uh, oh, John, my God. John, you have any, any hot or hot messes you want to throw in before we close it up? Hot or hot mess. Um, actually, um, American Idol hot or hot mess. In general? I yeah. guess, uh, current, yeah, how the show's doing now. I, I really, you know what? I really like the energy of this group of judges, and I really think that, quite honestly, they got a talented group of kids this year. So it's very. I really do. Completely agree with you there. Yeah. You know, although I think the voice is going to give them a big run for their money, if it stays, if it stays the way the first episode was. Oh yeah. You know, if it. Incredible. It's so it was so hot out of the box that I I worry a little bit, but it it just, I listen. I love true talent, and I think that this year on American Idol, you've got true talent on that stage. So. Yeah, I almost felt the same way, and I was saying to a lot of people, the other seasons I always felt it was completely flat, and it was based on commercialism, where now they're really getting people that are good that can help them. Interscope is doing an amazing job over there. Yeah, it major. I mean, I, Jimmy Iovine, let me tell you something. Jimmy Iovine's a genius, I'm telling you. He's, oh, he's you know, incredible. And, and, He's incredible. When, when baby, I mean, Babyface was on last night, I almost clutched my heart and fell to the ground because he's like my favorite of all time. So their mentors oh, oh, are getting yeah. better. They're, it just, it's kind of very hot right now. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Orfe, uh, closing up Hot or Hot Mess, uh, what 
what are, is going on with you right now? I know you have your latest album, uh, What Do You Want From Me, is out right now. People can pick it up on iTunes. What else is going on? Uh, you know, I just finished my run in uh, Love, Loss, and What I Wore. So I, I kind of really caught the whole acting bug majorly where it was not always about, you know, it was the first time I didn't have to burst into song. I really enjoyed myself. So I'm looking to do more straight plays. I'm certainly looking to do more film and television while I have the time and I'm not in an eight show a week schedule because you know how that is. So, you know, you barely have time oh, yeah. to eat and go to sleep. So I'm looking looking to do that sort of stuff. I'm still, thank God, you know, doing my voiceover stuff practically every day, which pays the bills, uh, you know, and yeah. I I just like to explore all the opportunities and hell, if Ryan Murphy wants me on Glee, I'm there, baby. <laughs> well, you definitely uh, have a campaign think, running all the way there in the sneakers to Los yeah. Angeles. Sneakers in yeah, a bikini, a how's campaign. that? <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm doing the, I'm performing. Just be, please just don't be a bikini girl. That's all I'm saying. No, I won't. No, it'll be a one piece <laughs> with like a sarong around it. <laughs> How's that? But I'm that also uh, I'm so singing performing people, right? what? I'm performing at the Lord Tell Awards Sunday. Oh, that's right. Well, that's right. That's you're going to be on with uh, Kevin, Kevin Klein and all them, right? Yes. Isn't that fancy? That is fancy. Yeah. I thought it was fancy, but yeah, I'm singing. I'm singing "Peace of My Heart" from Love, Janice. Oh, awesome! Do you have to get really like raspy when you did? She she had a kind of a rasp, raspy voice, didn't she? She did, but, you know, not in the early days. That rasp came after a lot of booze. <laughs> and drugs, I'm sure, yeah. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and so, well, speaking of film and television, you were in Across the Universe. What was that experience like? Oh, my God, it was amazing. We had the best time. We had the best time. We were in Jersey. It was the coldest day I ever remember in my life, and we were in these mini skirts and little teeny, teeny hooker show, you know, hooker clothes. It was fantastic. And we got to work with Joe Cocker, who's a genius, and we just, we had a really, oh, yeah. really good time, and we were there, I want to say it was 23 hours straight. So, you know, we had a good time. And I think, I still do, I stand behind the, the fact that I think that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah. Not because I'm in it, but because uh, you know, it just it, that scene came out really, really brilliantly. So, yeah, uh, Joe, I've seen Joe Cocker live once before. He is he is quite quite a talented individual, and a really cool, funny, nice guy too. Is he? Yeah. Oh yeah, awesome. and he wasn't all standoffish. He wasn't like, oh, I'm Joe Cocker. Don't talk to me. He wanted to hang out with us. We we picked his brain. He was so funny and so sweet and kind to hang out with. Yeah. That's good. That's always very good cool. to hear when you know no, no. that big. I've had very few bad um, experiences with with big big stars. Have you had some bad ones you'd like to talk no, about? No, I'm saying really, I've had really very few bad experiences. Like the bigger, I always say, the bigger the star, the cooler they are. <laughs> and it rhymes. And I didn't even mean for that to rhyme. Day. Oh my God, that's so not hot right now. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this, the, the album, What Do You Want From Me, uh, is it, like, explain the title to me. Were people, uh, asking you to, too much or something? Well, people always ask too much of me, but, you know, <laughs> you know I can only uh -huh. do what I can do. It was just, you know, it was, it was a title of, of a song that we wrote, uh, a while back, and we really liked the song, and it just felt like the right title for the CD itself. You know what I mean? I didn't know 
that Pink had written a song that she was going to give to Adam Lambert and, you know, Lambert and have that happen. So yeah. I I was so not aware that that was going to happen. But, um, you know, it just seemed like, you know, you always want to, you always want to sort of, because we didn't do it with Oren Moore. We just named the, you know, the, the, the CD was Oren Moore, Oren Moore. And I, I just didn't want to do that again. So I definitely wanted to have one of the, you know, the songs as a title for the CD itself. And that just seemed like the right one at the time. It's really so not, complicated or deep it just i needed a title for the cd <laughs> you know? and what do you want from me in that, that you know it could have been title. you know yeah. it could have just as easily been last time i cried but that just didn't sound as good to me you know you know what i mean yeah. like i went through all of them and i was like yeah no I, what do you want from me and it kind of like you know well, what do you want I, I can be whatever you want me to be but what do you want from me that was really the concept it's you know you're you're an actor you're playing lots of roles and everybody kind of wants something else from you and they want you to be what they want you to be so it's like here i am what do you want from me what what you're saying right now really reminds me of that eminem song the way i am so you definitely should have been uh singing his hooks back then I, you know, somebody call him and Jay Z, because I'm like, really? I can sing your hooks. Yeah. Well, what that's, you we'll, waiting we'll for? That's the next. That's my next CD. What are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a camp. We'll start a couple of campaigns to get you on Glee and to get you on the the hottest hip hop record. Well, do it. Do it. I'll shout you out. You know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holler. Um, yeah. Well, Orfe, I thank you so much for your time today. It's been a blast. Oh, well, yeah, thank, thank you, you for having much. me. This is such a great show. I love you guys, and I'm really, really honored that you asked to have me on. So thank you. Oh, thank oh, you so much. Absolutely. All right, you guys. So enjoy, Bye. Enjoy the rain. Bye. Yeah. So I'm going to go wait for the thunder now. But thanks, you guys. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs> All right. Take care, okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, uh, Mr. DeMar, that, uh, that was a whole lot of fun in that last hour and a half that I just had. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was. Um, wow. What what great what great guests and uh, yeah, super personable. Both of them very funny. Good times, huh? Good times, man. Good times. <laughs> okay, so uh, next week coming up, we got Jonah Knight. Don't confuse him with Jordan Knight from New Kids on the Block. Um, although, if any of you out there uh, know anyone who knows someone in NKOTD, I would love to have them on. Um, I know they're busy touring with the Backstreet Boys right now, though, so maybe it won't happen now, but I'll have any of them. Donnie, Danny, whatever the hell the other one's names are, Jordan, John, Damar, um, and uh, Jonah is actually a, uh, he writes songs about the paranormal, ghosts, monsters, and superheroes. So that's going to be Wednesday's show. Uh, are you excited for that one, Mr. Demar? I I mean, I'm associate producer, so I'm excited for any episode of your show. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, I hope everyone in New York stays clear of the rain. Thoughts go out to the folks in Alabama. Um, and um, <clears throat> we'll see you all next week. So, remember, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And uh, lastly... Somebody owes me a martini and a copy of Morgan Carr's EP and also a copy of Orpheus CD. What do you want from me? Because, quite frankly, I don't know what anybody wants from me. Uh.
Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. We're on next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.